and welcome back to Sons of Flip Radio, a podcast about the art and sport of professional wrestling. I'm your co-host, Thomas Lisi. As always, joined with Alex Drain. Alex, what's going on? Hey, Tom, what's going on? Hey, man, we are the Hall and Oats of the wrestling podcast world. Do you know that? Why is that? Because we're a dynamic duo. I, I have the mustache. I have a beard. Mm, yeah. No, so right. I'm. who's John Hall and who? You're more Oats. I'm probably <laughs> Hall. We can be o- Oats and Oats. <laughs> <laughs> what was that funny shirt that we saw? Oh, it was uh, Steve Nash holding oatmeal. And it was uh, Hall. Steve Nash, Scott uh, Hall. Scott, Steve Nash. <laughs> uh, Scott Hall holding. Uh, Steve Nash, the former point guard for the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> <laughs> the former point guard for the Phoenix Suns is holding a oh oatmeal. Oh, my God. And, um, well. Yeah, you know. Call off the search party because Cesaro has been found. Uh, right? You found him? Uh, we finally we found, found Cesaro and that. The music in the beginning was uh, his, old his, his old music, which I thought was my favorite when he used to come in the James Bond thing and like rip off his tuxedo. It was you like a, eat, it was you, like a rip off. You wanted to say pants, but that's a cool time. <laughs> you can go with that. Yeah, um, I want to rip off my pants. I was. Uh, thank God he's been found. Like I've always been. I've always been saying that Cesaro was definitely hands down the most underrated wrestler. And he's the strongest wrestler. He's only like two hundred thirty-five pounds. You know that? Yeah, Mark Henry said he's. Uh, like stupid drunk he has like zero body fat yeah and today's episode is going to be our our review of extreme rules what we liked what we didn't like and we're also going to get into some of the uh wwe's greatest rivalries of all time that's right joey schmooth <laughs> thank you nick papa Giorgio. um so you know I was, I was listening to one of our podcasts the other day and you always said well you know what there's a tag team match always starts the pay-per-view <laughs> right and, I laughed too. I yeah. think I know where you're going with that because I chuckled. I was like, "Oh, son of a bitch!" It happened yeah. again. It happened again, <laughs> and it was a great match. That's what I was saying before we came on air. Yeah, it, the finish was great. That spot, that double stacked table. Oh my god! A power bomb through a table that was stacked on top of itself. From what's the ring like? From that ring post, probably like yeah, at least it was pretty high. Twelve. It 12 was pretty feet, high. give or take. Yeah, Kofi took that. That's a spot. And he and, sold it afterwards. And he too. didn't even move. Nope. Yeah. That was perfect. He didn't move. Um, but so the New Day are not champions anymore. Now it's Cesaro and Nakamura. Mm-hmm. Once. Both of those. And Nakamura, somebody found him too. Yeah. yeah. Like the lost and found. Like like they were That's like they on the side of a milk carton. Lost and found. They were on the side of a milk carton. They finally found each other. Well, Vince found them, I guess. Oh, well, yeah. But maybe because... I know WWE sent out something on like their dot com survey or something on Twitter. It said who's the most underrated wrestler, and like ninety percent of the people said Cesaro. Yeah, and I think the other ten people said Nakamura. <laughs> oh, okay. So go figure. So this, in my opinion, even though this is Cesaro's seventh tag team title run and mm-hmm. Nakamura's first, this is exactly what Cesaro needs right now, hands down. The guy's been buried. Think about it. He's lost to Chad Gable, right? He's lost to. He was used as enhancement talent. Yeah, he lost J- Drew, Drew Gulak, right? Chad. I mean, Drew Gulak's a good wrestler, don't get me wrong, but Chad Gable, come on. Not I'll, to be yeah. confused with Shorty G. <laughs> Shorty G, yeah. But this is exactly what he needs. Granted, do I wish it was a, a heavyweight championship or universal? Of course. Mm-hmm. But if if they're going to build him for something later down the road based off people's reactions and people's opinions of him, yeah. this is a good start. Granted, this is now his second title run with the uh, tag team titles. Six third, of them. third partner, by yes. the way. Third partner for uh, championship. 
you know, for holding the tag team. It was uh, him, Tyson Kidd. Oh, yeah. Third time. I yep. forgot about now, Tyson Kidd. Now, uh, Nakamura. Before that, it was Sheamus. Yeah. Yep. Most famous. Uh, I think the one with Tyson Kidd, it kind of gets swept under the rug a little bit because I think people forget about that. They were putting in some great work until Tyson Kidd got hurt yeah. by Samoa Joe. They were good. They were very good. Yeah. And um, this this is exactly what the WWE needs right now. I mean, honestly, I think people were getting sick of the New Day. I'll say it. I am. Right. Everyone, anyone that listens to this podcast please, knows that. Tom, please, Preach. educate us. Anybody? Please. <laughs> oh, no. Please, don't. Oh, no. <laughs> stop it. Stop. No. I mean, no. anyone that listens to this podcast. <laughs> Run, stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish. I wish. We, we got to learn how to put effects in. I know. Because I mean... <laughs> Stop, stop, stop. No, but I mean, come on. Like, let's just think about this for a second. The New Day, this is what, eight times? Eight. Eight, right? I mean, they're going to hit, obviously, double digits, but let's just, you know, let's bask in this moment right now. Yeah. That there might be talks that they might cool the new, not that there's really anybody else as a tag team. There is. On SmackDown. There is. We haven't seen it. That we haven't seen. They might cool the new new Day down until uh, maybe. uh, Xavier Woods is ready to come back, yeah. and then they might just bring them back all together. So, I mean, you know, time will tell, of course. But it's it's enough with the pancakes, and it's enough with the same promos over and over again. It's enough with all the act and all the you know theatrical stuff. It's finally time that they put like a the heel turn. No, 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 no. It's just they that. sell too much merch and are too yeah. Too I know, I know. You know, I got to think about the business part, and I mean, I'm a Vince man, but I mean, you know, they do sell a lot of merch. They got the podcast, they got the cereal, they got everything. Right. And you know, it's gotta love those booty holes. You gotta eat the O in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> if if you look at a wrestling perspective, this is exactly the change that should have happened a long time ago. Granted that Cesaro Nakamura got the spot was originally for the Forgotten Sons, but yeah, and there was no way those no, guys were going. No over. way they were gonna go me? over. I mean, it was great. The forgotten Sons. So let's think of this. They're and, forgotten. Oh, oh, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, because that guy said that political stuff. And in you know. a nutshell, in today's environment, with all the political stuff and civil rights things going on, yeah, the it's forgotten a sensitive Sons subject. against a black tag team. Yeah. They would have went over, you know what I mean? I mean, that would have been crazy. That would have been crazy. Rioted. Yeah, that's that that's a little touchy-feely, and that's something that wrestling should not get into like that. No, Absolutely no. not. And they never really do. Yeah. They, they don't touch on it. You know, some might people some people might think it, they're turning like a blind eye to it, but there's no place for it. No, there's you really know, not. You're supposed to suspend disbelief. Yes, real life sometimes imitates art, and sometimes you have to talk about certain things other things you know yeah. they really don't dive into yeah and we I mean, know that in in from history you know with yeah. wwe and wrestling in general yeah and i think that the fact that you have two guys that have the belts that are actually capable of wrestling in a ring is very good too. oh yeah um like i always said i think nakamura and cesaro are probably two of the most underrated wrestlers on smackdown right and the fact that they're now combined to be one tag team i think is really good mm-hmm. so now we're going to think about who are they going to feud with if it's not the new day right you have heavy machinery you have heavy well, machinery I mean, we, have, we haven't seen them because of all this covid stuff you have lucha honest. house party no, who's okay. another face tag team but i mean granted lucha house party's not going to go over in cesaro no. maybe they'll have a couple matches which right. should be good because I think that... And maybe they'll be their first contender just yeah. to get them... Uh, Not uh, at SummerSlam, a re- though. A re- no, 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 no. No, I think to, it's to probably going to... get, gonna, like, a yeah. title retention? I think it's probably going to be another rematch at SummerSlam. Hell, maybe we see Breezango come back. Yeah, you, you never know. know. You never know. And, I mean, I think Lucha House Party would be a good 
uh, team to put them on SmackDown with as a couple matches based off their ability and agility in the ring. It's something different than what Cesaro and Nakamura do. Yeah, but ideally, I think they will lose to Heavy Machinery. Yeah. I think that you think he's in a, run, it, This briefcase is very interesting, though. I, I forgot. Exactly. So did I. I forgot. And I think that if you rewind two months ago, Otis and Mandy were the thing. Now, I mean, I don't know what's but going on. I don't either. It, um, it's so many people you're not Sonya seeing. DeVille, Otis, Mandy... Um, even Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan's bigger, different though. because Bree's about to have a baby. Yeah, she's like about to pop. She could pop by the end of yeah. this podcast. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, in conclusion, I think I mean the match was very good. It was nonstop action. The spots were good. The spot of them winning was very good. And I think the best part was yeah. like Cesaro's it, reaction they, they was like over he snapped. Big. Yeah. Yeah, I love that reaction from Cesaro because. The fact that no one thought that they can do it, not even the commentators, and they went to the ring and they threw the belts on the title and, and said, now we're here. And that's back to where they first got that opportunity. Yes. Um, several weeks ago, a month yeah. ago. So um, exactly. Until that point. So I, I did like that. He went back over to Michael Cole, and Michael Cole for once was quiet. <laughs> God, I hate him. But um, not no. Not Cole. Now here's the thing, though. Now I just hope that they don't get lost in the shuffle being on SmackDown as champions. Because, granted, they're not much of a... I mean, the New Day, obviously, on the TV is more... You know, people like that more than Cesaro and Nakamura. You got one guy that can't really speak the greatest English, and you have another guy yeah. whose promo work hasn't been good since probably ever. Yeah. But um, I just hope they're smart with this, and I hope it's not a quick title run mm-hmm. because they're, they don't know what they're missing if you're looking at a wrestling perspective. Yeah, I mean, they don't really have any other foils. No, you know, and they're as a heel tag yeah. team. There's not a lot you're of not gonna, other options. Not, yeah, he's I think not, we gave the other two options, and the Usos you can't talk about because they're not the even Usos there. Are hurt. They're not even there. You got right. it was a Jay Uso being a being a host for a karaoke contest. Come on, that guy mm. has so much talent. You know, put him in a match with like like let him get a match against. Let him get a singles run. His yeah, brother's out on the shelf for put like, him six, like seven against, months. Put him against like Mojo just for a couple matches or whatever. Yeah, you know, I see him being a main event or whatever, but you know, it is what it is. But Back to back to the topic of extreme rules. I mean, that match is very good. I really enjoy the eye for an eye match. Granted, we didn't see the CGI eye. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Um, if you looked really close, you can actually see Mysterio holding a fake eye, which kind of looked like an eye, which is pretty good. But somebody uh, put up a meme of that on the left side. It was him holding that, and the other side it was Ash holding a pokeball because <laughs> it looks like a pokeball. It does. Yeah. It does. Um, I, I like that match a lot. The action was great. It was like old Rey Mysterio for a second. Yeah. Like, he was... And he was brutal. He came down with, like, what? Who came down with, a like, a wrench in their hand? He he, he pulled he out did? the lead pipe out of the toolbox that was really oh, just okay. randomly planted under the ring. But, now, um, I, I, they got me with that kendo stick wedged yeah. into the thing because that was perfectly timed that he moved out of the way because in my mind, I was holding on to my couch. I was like, Ugh. oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> you want to see it, but you don't want to see it. It was know? fun. It was funny. Obviously, that, yeah. you know you weren't going to yeah, see it, see but it. still. My brother-in-law texted me during the match that he's like, oh, um, he's like, what the hell is this eye for an eye stuff? I'm like, he's like, Dominic, my nephew. He's like, uh, he's like, he's scared for his life. Oh, I'm my like, God. Well, then yeah, they he's younger. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, that text message right there just proved all that. Yeah, I think the yeah. WWE did what they wanted to do. I think they got the message across, and I think that no one actually believed that it was a real eye for an eye until right. it actually happened. I would have done a testicle for a testicle <laughs> match. <laughs> Everyone's saying it because how Rollins attacked Aleister Black this week on a Raw should be an arm for an arm match at uh, SummerSlam. But did you hear somebody shouting um, to Drew 
I'm jumping a little bit to Drew McIntyre, one of the WWE talent in, in the crowd was like, he was like, well, what should the stipulation be? Somebody was like, eye for an eye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a whole other can of worms we're going to talk about. But Eye for an eye match. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it turned out to be. I thought it was placed in a weird spot. Third match of the night. I thought it was going to be farther down the line. Yeah, especially given the screen time that they all had leading into that match. And with the stuff with Dominic and all that stuff. And... You know, even this past um, this past Monday, you didn't see Dominic no. or whatever. Well, so, look we'll, at you know, we'll see next week, but still. Look at the match. No Murphy, no Dominic. It was just these two guys, which are smart. Yeah, that's these, fine. The fact I mean, that it was you, technically yeah. a no DQ match in, in a sense. You know yeah. what I mean? So, I, mean, I mean, the fact that these guys carried a story for two months since Money in the Bank was... Um, and how did this all start? All because Rey Mysterio <laughs> said congratulations for having a baby. Yeah. That's how the feud really started. That was, yeah. Because, well, I mean, that night against McIntyre, you saw him shake the hand of Rollins, and I thought that was kind of weird because you have a guy who's kind of not against being a, a face anymore, right? Shaking the hand of the champion, and McIntyre said that because he put up a good fight, right? So when he came out like all, you know, drugged up or confused, I thought it was because of him losing the match. He was in a trance. He was in a trance, and then right. he took it out of Rey Mysterio. Two months later, we're talking about it now. An eye for an eye match. Yeah, an eye for an eye match. <laughs> where literally his eye got pulled out. But the fact the spot was exactly where it happened the first time was smart. Now, so here's the thing that's wrong with this, right? He's holding his eye as if it popped out, laying down, looking up. Look, you know, if, if you have to put yourself in that position. And supposedly, his eye came out for him doing the same thing, Rollins to Mysterio by pushing it pushing into the corner of the steel step so how the hell does his eye pop out that way I don't know I'm, I'm just thinking too much into it I'm stupid but still no you're a real wrestling fan that wants to know how his eye popped out right right um, to me I think what happened is when he pushed his eye into the corner of the ring step I think he like pushed like on oh, an angle, at an angle, like popped it. Like, oh, he like fished it out, like a fish. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, the fact that Rollins threw up was very good. <laughs> yeah, he was like draw. He draws it. Yeah. You. <laughs> We're gonna call you puke. Um, I think that was really good. Yeah, I thought it was funny. Another touch to add on top of the match that a lot of people thought didn't make any sense, nor deserved to be on the card in that kind of aspect, but, um. I mean, I liked it. I thought it was a good match. Action was great. They used weapons. They used different ways. At one yeah. point, Rey Mysterio was tied up thinking this is it. They used the kendo stick. They used... Uh, now, if, like, there was this part when, when Rollins's, uh, Rollins' face was pushed in, I, I it looked like it was literally going into his eye. Mm. Like, they sold that really well. Yeah. And then he countered and Rey lost an eye. Right. So where do we go with this now? He lost the same eye that he had messed up before, <laughs> not the other one. Yeah, like, and he ripped off the patch. The pad, he yeah, he ripped it off just prior to all that happening. So yeah. figure. So I mean, where are we gonna go now with this? I think we're gonna see probably an Alistair Black Seth Rollins feud, unless Alistair Black's arm's broken. Right. And what do we do with Dominic? We had all this Dominic stuff, and now yeah. he's gonna be gone until when? I don't know. When's Mysterio? Go well, and then um, what? Kayla Braxton said, "Oh well." Rey Mysterio's eye. They're going to try to save it. Which means they'll probably save the eye. Which means he'll come back with like a fucking right. white mm -hmm. thing or black covering, whatever it is on it. 
So he got the eye back. So or he just doesn't and just puts the same black screen. Yeah. On his eye on his mask. Or the fact that he going. doesn't have a contract, will he wrestle again? But the fact that Rey Mysterio is one of the biggest guys in your ruthless aggression area did so much for the company, especially right. when Eddie Guerrero passed away. You really can't put him out like that. No, no, especially no. in this COVID <clears throat> era where. You, for you spent two months of this time building a feud yeah. with him and his son and all that to go out that way. You know, I know people normally go out on their back, but not Ray Mysterio. Not Ray Mysterio. That's going to yeah, be no. a match. You know, it's going to be a match. Yeah, he's going to get what he wants in the long run. He'll sign another contract. They'll figure that out. Yeah, that's just logistics. I'm not really worried about that. I know we'll see him in a couple weeks, which is fine. He's got to sell the injury. Yeah. I, think I don't po- want to see him next week. I don't want to no, see a vignette. I no, don't no, want to no, see no, a backstage no. stuff. I don't want to see him for almost a month. I don't want to see him sitting in his recliner talking about how his eyes out. Yeah, see yeah. me whole. You know, I don't <laughs> want him to talk to his son. Dropping the Spanish in it. Uh, I think Apollo Crews has COVID, by the way. Yeah, I figured that. Yeah. I think you said that to me, too. Um, if anyone didn't watch Extreme Rules, um, the match got canceled. Right. Um basically match got canceled they knew they were going to cancel it and poor guys who were on the pre-show who now yeah. aren't getting money who's on the oh it was owens against buddy murphy which was a great match yeah buddy um no pun intended, no pun intended. but uh mvp comes out takes the new title puts it around his waist yada 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 it's apparently because um the hurt squad now the hurts the hurt business the hurt business exactly. yeah my boy shelton getting some play time i love shelton benjamin love yeah. me some shelton benjamin me too um love me some mustafa ali mm Nice to see him back. back. So, that, so the hacker, which we spent two episodes about talking about, it's out the fucking window yeah. now. I'm like, well, who's thank the hacker? God. Thank God, because well, you never know. I mean, the hacker, the ha- they they can make they can bring the hacker program back, but then everyone knew that it was kind of Mustafa Ali. But then who is it going to be now? Right. You know what I mean? That's that's stupid if they try to bring that back. But um, so MVP technically the champion, and though he's not the champion, I don't know where's go- where this is going. Right. But and now let's note that there's two people walking around with championships that don't belong to them. Oh, and we'll get to the second. Yeah, one well, we might as well talk about it now because that was a great lead-in from Alex. But um, Sasha Banks, Oscar, great match, great match, shitty, shitty ending. Yep. Why was it shitty? Because it was shitty. Like I, <laughs> I don't even know how to put it. Out. There was no. There was a false finish and and, and uh, almost a, a non-finish, technically, yeah. by what Stephanie said, Stephanie McMahon on Monday Who just night. magically popped up on the, tit- on the right. screen. She, she looked like um, Zordon from yeah. Power Rangers just showing up <laughs> with a big-ass fucking head. Bad Zoom yeah, uh, conference horrible. call signal. You have all this technology. You can't take a good camera home. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I don't want to hear. I don't want to talk about it. That was a great match. And for it to end with the fake miss, to get the ref, Bailey takes the shirt off of him, puts it on, counts a one, two, three. Instead, she could have just taken his arm, counted one, two, three with his arm, and then they could have just fixed it on Monday yeah. or whatever. You know? I mean, the fact that they did that probably to sell the ratings for Raw next week is smart. That, another match, another match. That's why they moved uh, Orton and Big Show to and that, Monday. And that's why they moved the, the infamous par- uh, bar fight that is going to be this Friday. You think that's not going to pop? They moved that off the card to pop a rating for SmackDown. Nobody was watching Maybe. it in the first place. Well, I mean, SmackDown's in a weird hole right now because we're not going to see Braun Strowman. We'll get to that later. But um, Yeah, he's in a hole. <laughs> he's, he's somewhere. <laughs> um, but... I think I just think it was a bad finish because these two women went out there and 
and had a phenomenal match. Yeah, they wrestled their ass. It was off. very good. And then you had this fake finish where in Bailey's match against Nikki Cross, another another Same. good match mm-hmm. because I think Nikki. Yeah, that was that was second on the card. Nikki held up very well. She hit her finisher early. She hit her finisher outside. You really she think you should have shot? She had the, the rope. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, we all, we like we said in the podcast last week on our preview episode that she had no chance in hell of winning. We already knew that. No chance. But, but she sold me that she could have yes. won. And that's and that's how you do business. So Sasha interferes. Now, in my mind, when I saw Sasha interfere, that was a great heel move. So yeah, um, where that was placed in the card, one was perfect, and two, the finish worked there. Mm-hmm. They didn't need to repeat something of that, you know, that that element later on in the show. Um, that's just stupid. Yeah, I really thought that. Because the finish between Nikki Cross and Bailey went well, I thought the finish they're going to try to do that again, but Bailey would cost Sasha the match. Does oh, that yeah. make sense? I, I thought lo- I would have loved that. I thought that was going to happen because right, just keep doing it. All the signs are pointed for them to, for them two to collide, and I really thought that was going to happen. But it was you want a job at WWE? Me, no? I would love a job at WWE. If for what, all the <laughs> well, yeah, yeah right. for uh, for all the uh, wrestlers that are currently listening to this podcast that work for WWE, uh, thank you for listening, <laughs> which means none. But um, uh, hopefully someone out there is listening from WWE. I would like to have a job myself and Alex. It would be anything putting the ring up. Yeah, I think those up. wrestling buddies over there want to give you a job. Yeah, <laughs> they want to call you the uh, Buddy Wrangler. The Buddy Wrangler. I love those wrestling buddies. I can tell they're dirty as fuck. I, <laughs> <laughs> I try to wash one and I follow the instructions that you put in the pillowcase and shit. And, and beat I your wife with yeah, it? Yeah, I just gave up on it. I'm going to put soap in a sock and beat yeah. you with it. <laughs> um, McIntyre and Ziggler. You called it. Mm-hmm. You said Extreme Rules match. I Well, it was an Extreme Rules match, but only for Ziggler. And which I thought was very unique. I thought yeah. that was cool. It worked for the heel. Um, that was great. I, I somebody really thought about that part of it. They're having a rematch on Raw. Yes, right? yes. And that feud's gonna end. Right now, uh, here comes Orton. Mm-hmm. But go ahead. So that'll be in the middle of the show. Yeah, because you know that the the match to end it uh, end Raw next week will probably be Sasha Oscar. Uh, I think it might yeah. be flip flop. Yeah, I think Randy Orton's gonna make a statement at the very end when he wins, when McIntyre wins. Raw goes off air. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. That's so um, another good match. Ziggler can Ziggler can wrestle. I mean, I don't care what anyone says. I mean, he's he's had the same gimmick for years. And I thought they that was well. I I, I really um, that went well rather. Um, I wouldn't mind them running that back one more time. No, they will. Yeah. I mean, aside from their match coming up on on Raw in a week. But no one, no one, McIntyre. Hope probably say, I don't need a, I don't need a stipulation to beat you. It'll just be like a one regular on one. match, one on one. And it's not exciting though. It's not. You got, you got me hooked. Okay, to tune in. That, that's foul. Don't use my, my hopes and dreams against me. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, no. I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was good. He sold the shit out of the Claymore kick, which is rightfully the right thing to do. Oh yeah. And granted, it was another match where we knew that there was no chance in hell that Dolph Ziggler was going to win. But he put up a good fight, and yeah. you know, to have to throw someone in there that kind of was lost in the shuffle in the WWE, yeah, and put up a good fight against a champion because they knew they yeah. know they know that they can do that. They know that he's one of the few guys that because he's not in the program, he can still wrestle well. So that's why he was put in that match. Yeah, he gave um, McIntyre a run for his money more so than obviously Brock. 
uh, better than Lashley did. Um, so I thought that was that was that was a great match. Yeah, Brock was only six minutes. Yep, it was a great you know. To at first we were like, oh Ziggler really? Yeah, but I was like to see the payoff what it was uh, on Sunday was actually yeah. that was awesome, and I'm sure Ziggler had a lot to to say, you know, um, with that match and producing all that stuff yeah. with whoever he worked with, and McIntyre included. Um, but that was well done. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Um. So now the main event, which we knew was going to be the main event. Right, because of the way that it was built and the way that it's a cinematic match, Bray Wyatt against Braun Strowman in a Wyatt Swamp fight. It wasn't a match, right? Because yeah. there was just a fight. There's the there's the big. When they announced that, you kind of knew that it was going to be cinematic, like a movie, but not a wrestling match. Yeah, like how the Boneyard match was more of a. Uh, brawl, I guess you can say. Yeah, this that, was, that, that's a brawl. Yeah, for sure. This was like Firefly Funhouse with triple the amount of wrestling, but telling a story at the same time. Mm-hmm. They even roped in Alexa Bliss. Yeah. Like you said. Now, Team you tell me why. Yeah. yeah. She, it, she's uh, Braun's manifestation of Sister Abigail. Yeah. That's what I, excuse me, that's what I drew from that. Um, You know, whether that's true or not, I don't know, but that's definitely what I got out of that. The fact that they went to flashbacks of the mixed tag team. That was there. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Um. That was that could have been Bray Wyatt too. Oh yeah, messing um, with his head. I mean, yeah. it, it plays to the story that they've been telling for weeks now, and I felt that again, well done. I thought the setting was very good. I thought they made it look really cool. I felt like a lot of the match was filmed at an angle pointing down, so that kind of bothered me a little bit. Um, like if it was like first person looking down. The snake was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they he did say that he was going to bring out. I read an interview that Bray Wyatt said that there was going to be animals. Mm. So him bringing a snake was really cool and interesting because it was something different. And was it me or was I just too tired at that time? But there was like flashes of like alligators in the yeah. water. Okay. Yeah. yeah, there was that too. I thought I was just seeing that. I shit. liked I liked how, you know, Strowman, like he drove in and then he's sitting in the chair and Bray Wyatt gives like, you know, just like this eulogy to him. and Right. And then there's some fighting, and then he's fighting like these random dudes, which could have been really Harper and Rowan, maybe just a new, just a new kind. And um, they find themselves in the water, and we called it. Mm-hmm. He rises out of the like a creature from the Black Lagoon, but this time it's red. Everything's red. So, the, so what happened theme. is the logo came up. Braun was like, "It's finished." Yeah. And after that, the logo faded out, and there was still more story. Then he gets dragged down, basically dragged to hell, in, in a sense. And what comes from the water? The water starts bubbling. You get like a camera view where it's like half in the camera, uh, excuse me, half in the water, half underneath it, and the water was turning red and bubbly. And then you see the fiend pop up, a, a very like a la Jason. Yeah. Uh, in Friday and the Thirteenth. Yeah. And then you know you hear that that laughing, and then it. It fades to black. So Braun Strowman at this point is underwater. So, right. but I heard, uh, I, I heard re- he got out. I heard he's all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I read an article that he may be coming back with a new gimmick. What? Yeah. What article did you read? On, I want to say four three four. Coming back with it. What kind of gimmick? I don't, but I, I don't think he's going to be on TV for a little bit. He's the champion. I know. Uh, you're not going to see him this week. I don't think. I would you'll see you see Firefly sell, Funhouse. Yes, to sell stuff, I would uh, I would put money that I would see Firefly Funhouse in some way, and no brawn. Oh, by the way, that Firefly Funhouse on Extreme Rules is very good. 
Yeah, where he was dressed up as like a <laughs> like Dracula, yeah, fake and like Dracula, and then he <laughs> he rolled the footage of the karaoke contest. Oh yeah, he's like, oh, that was horrifying. That was horrifying. <laughs> uh, sorry, uh, this is the real tape. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god, because again, they're playing to themselves. Like when McMahon said, oh, this is such good shit during the uh, Firefly Funhouse match against John Cena at WrestleMania. That was just a dig at McMahon. This was a dig at everyone's opinion of the worst rated. SmackDown of all time, the stupidest segment right. on SmackDown history, which was a karaoke contest. Right. So that was funny to do. And I don't know. He's. I really felt that. I don't know if it was it was if you felt it, but I feel like the Bray Wyatt that he tried to portray this time was a lot different than the other Bray Wyatt that he did. It was a. It was less of the old Bray Wyatt. Like it was weird because he looked different. He too. looked different, yeah. Um, so that was throwing me off personally. Yeah. He tried to. It looked like he tried to fit his old fat clothes <laughs> and put it well, old. He, well, he lost a lot of weight. No, he so, did. I mean, yeah. He did. I mean, I'm not. You know, I'm not the skinniest person yeah, in the world am I. either. But, um, but you know what I mean. It, it 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 looked like he was wearing a Halloween costume of himself. Yeah, that's about. I think that's the best way to put it. <laughs> there you go. There you um, go. And Bray then, Wyatt was. He, Bray Wyatt. He, he, was starting, he was starting to talk in tongues. I don't want to say in tongues, but like very long winded and in phrases that nobody knew what the hell he was talking about. So he got oh, that yeah. old part of his character right. Talking about the demons and it was like Ultimate yeah, Warrior horrible yeah. promos. Yeah. The demons are coming from the shadows and the rumblings from above are yeah, coming. Your, and Your mom's twat. Right? Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's like when, when Ultimate Warrior used to give promos, it was hilarious because the fe- like if you look at Gene Oakland's face, he's like, what the fuck is he and talking all about? that whole time, he's just running in place and pumping his arms up and down while like doing this, that. Yeah. And there's a little elastic bands around his biceps were fucking cutting off his circulation because he was so roided up that well, it was probably ridiculous. Probably cut it off to his head. Yeah. Big ass fucking head. Oh my god! Go but so like the rivalry that we're gonna see with Braun Strowman and uh, Bray Wyatt, aka the Fiend, is gonna have a an, a third and final match at WrestleMania, where yeah, a third installment, if you will. It's gonna be a wrestling match. It's gonna be Strowman against the Fiend, and the Fiend's gonna win, yeah. hands down. Yeah. This is enough time with Strowman as champion. He's been champion. It's going to be for four months when SummerSlam comes. So, right. how many title defenses? Two, technically. Two, against Bray Wyatt at Money in the Bank, and against the Miz and Morrison at Backlash. Mm. The fact that Miz and Morrison count as one was how, how yeah, bad I was know, that pay per view? Oh well, no, <laughs> technically three because he did two on the Bray Wyatt. He did the Mister Rogers one. Yeah, and then this one. No, it wasn't for the title. Oh yeah, it yeah, was yeah. just oh, right, right. Yeah, Good point. So, okay, it was just a fight. Yep. Yeah, it wasn't for the title, which was kind of smart because you're telling us like the whole point of um, this match. It like there was no winner, yes, but the whole point nope. was to tell the story of the final conclusion of this rivalry. Right, right. So I mean, some could say that Braun Strowman won. Yeah, you know, and it, it's debatable. Whatever, no, nobody won. Nobody was supposed to really win anyway. Yeah, and we said that last week. Um, yeah. I expected it. You expected it. I think the whole world did too. I think we we technically called the match the right way. I mean, we didn't say Alexa Bliss is coming up, but we said that no, which was we're awesome. going to see the fiend come from welcome. the water and drag him down and end the program. Yep. So, I mean, with our picks, what I say, I said that. Uh, well, I I think I picked Cesaro. I picked Bailey. I picked Oscar to win clean. 
Yeah, you did. Um, I said that Lashley was going to wrestle against MVP or against Paulo Cruz, so I was way off with that. McIntyre, and I said the Fiend were going to win. So I was almost almost 100%. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's, again, what's the one thing we always talk about? Predictability. Right. So the rivalry that they have is very good, um, which will lead into our next, uh, well, I guess the topic of this week's episode is rivalries. Now, the rivalries that we're going to talk about are going to span from the golden era to present day. So, I mean, let's just get present day out of the way. In the past year, in my opinion, the best rivalry, hands down, is Randy Orton against Edge. Yeah? Yeah. I think it's too fresh for me to... Really? Yeah. Since we're a rumble? I mean, it, it's good. I, I just it's been the whole. Like... It's been the whole year. So, I mean, well, whether... It's, been, it's also different. So, I think, like, <clears throat> this year we can put an asterisk on stuff because of everything going on. Yeah, like, but, I mean, the fact that they carried the program for as long as it is going, technically... Oh, of course, of And course. he's roping in Christian. He's roping in Big Show. He's yeah. roping in Ric Flair, whose wife has COVID, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I've seen that, too. Um, And he was in Starbucks with no mask in Georgia. Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Are masks mandatory in Georgia? Uh, it's complicated. I got to actually ask uh, yeah. my wife's friend, Eliza. Uh, okay. She lives in Georgia, uh, okay. so she would know. Yeah. But, I mean, I think I think this rivalry, I mean, this is going, this is storytelling back in the day when they were rated RKO, but, I mean, it has everything that you need in a good rivalry. Like, when I look at a good rivalry, I think of storytelling. I think of phenomenal matches. I think right. of, um, um, I don't the know what build say up. The, Yeah, the build-up. The build-up is huge. Yeah, the build-up's huge. You can't have a rivalry. I'm gonna. It's gonna be tough to say that fucking word all day. Rivalry. A grit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking grit. We can't now. Right. We have we have a list of band words on the show. <laughs> right. Um, grit. My band words are Michael Cole and New Day. New Day. I'll just say ND from now on. And MC. Um, and Alex's is grit. Grit. That's it. That's all I got. I want to buy you that shirt so bad. Grit. Oh man, I'd fucking kill Would you me. wear it if I bought it? <laughs> I have no choice. Grit. <laughs> you have to wear it every time we talk on Sunset yeah. of Radio. <laughs> so they get till it gets holes in a shirt. Yeah. Grit. It's such a bad shirt too. It's ugly. It's got the rated R logo. It's like puke green, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, he's always had like puke green shirts though. That's not his first one. It's probably no? his fourth one. Oh. Mm-hmm. I haven't you know, uh, he's notorious for that fucking I, color. And I never Randy bought Orton any, too. I never bought any Edge merchandise in my life. I nor Randy Orton. Nor uh, well, I have an um, RKO out of nowhere, but it's like a stick figure thing. So yeah, I don't count that. It's Nothing a shirt. With, like the logo. It's a shirt. Yeah, it's a shirt. Oh, it's a shirt before the shirt, Ron. Yeah, I buy now the shirts that I bought in my career of wrestling are like I'll buy the random shirts. Like I have that blue Damian Sandow shirt. That yeah, you had. definitely do. I had a I had a stunt double Mizdow shirt. I had a. Uh, I have a Braun Strowman shirt. Yeah, a page. You have yeah. I have Paige. Um, oh I have my the God. WrestleMania we shirt you gave me. About Paige. Have you seen Paige? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Have you seen Paige? <laughs> she is hitting up the Twitch world with her fucking tits just hanging out all day. Yeah. She is. As your Something dad special. would say. Right. <laughs> She's nice. She's nice. <laughs> She's nice. She's no. Right. But I mean, she took a complete 180 from when she was with Dorio. Like she totally changed. I think she wanted to get away from how she looked with the sex tape, and she wanted to get away from what she looked like with Del Rio to this different character. And now she's like making a lot of money off Twitch and all the stuff. She's playing video games. Hey, and do you, man? That's she's wearing like today. low cut shorts and like beanie hat or like skull caps. I'm like, she's all like right. five minutes away from having an OnlyFans. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'll, like I'll pay like Sunny, like you know, Sunny just got arrested again. Yeah, she got in Monmouth County in, in Middletown somewhere yeah. over there. Yeah. <laughs> like she's Evade, right here. evading police. And yeah, something else. for the fourteenth time, she's almost up to Ric Flair. <laughs> you know what I mean? She just passed Randy Orton. She she just she just passed Randy Orton, so now she's uh she's almost catching up to Ric Flair now. Yeah. So, but but um, so going back to the rivalry, <laughs> going I, back to the rivalry. Now, like, so I I think Edge and Orton is the best rivalry of this year with everything going on. I mean, another one I can say is Cole and Dream, maybe, but I can't think of another one besides that. Do you count like like Lynch against Baszler? But that was only like two months. No, no, no. For the, for the year. Yeah. If you're if you're saying this year, no, you win with the Edge and Orton. I mean, there's no other story that they've they've made it known and put in front of your face for. Well, I guess it was good all six all of six months. I guess technically, yeah. right? Because um, other than that, thing uh, feuds have started, feuds have ended. Um, but yeah, so for this year, yes. Now, if you want to chronicle and go backwards, you have to do um, Gargano Champa. Oh yeah. That's yeah. a no-brainer. That's a like if we're talking about NXT, probably the best NXT rivalry of all. We're time. talking so about WWE oh, as in a general, whole, all right? Entity. No. I mean, you know, NXT. That's a brand. I don't care. That's yeah. not minor league. That's not the other thing. No, no, that's all one. Team. Yeah, like like we said before, it's not developmental anymore. It's oh a hell whole no! Oh world. They were long past developmental. Once Finn Balor and them got there, I think personally, kind of started to go. Yeah, you know, Charlotte. Right? Yep. Yeah, but like when I think of rivalries. There's a couple that stick out in my mind. I really enjoy Stone Cold and Bret Hart. Mm. Macho Man Hulk Hogan. Now, the, now I'm going to talk about the Macho Man Hulk Hogan. That rivalry, the buildup was phenomenal, right? Because they it brought was, Miss Elizabeth into it. And, and she is the cog. She's the centerpiece as mm-hmm. to why things have gotten. I mean, things were you kind of knew the writing on the wall before she got involved. But she is the cog in that whole feud. Absolutely. Because she's the one that starts it and one that ends it. Yeah, it started on Saturday Night's main event when mm-hmm. he got thrown out. Um, Macho Man got thrown out of the ring by Akeem. And she, and she went to go get um. Uh, Macho She's Man passed out. out. Mm-hmm. Macho, uh, Hulk Hogan brings him back. They're in the great... It looked like a hospital like mm-hmm. setting. And she's laying on there and Macho Man's like, what are you doing? And pointing the finger and then just clocks him in the head. And she's like, Randy, no. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, please no. Please stop. stop. Um, but the breakup of the Mega Powers was was uh, a great rivalry because that right. was the lead up to their biggest event, which was WrestleMania. That was right. the build. That was the line behind it. Which was, back in the day, the end-all, be-all for a lot of feuds. Yeah. Because that, you only had so many. Then you turn Macho though. Man heel. And that, I, I mean... You're the Macho Man guy, right? I love Macho Man, too. Mm-hmm. Do you think that he was better as a heel or a face? To me, he touted that line all the time. He did. Um, but I think his heel work... Phenomenal. Was With Steamboat. what really got him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to me... And that, Warrior. Yeah. He he always toted that line, but he was always a heel. Yeah. Um, You know, as a face, he was a face. Whatever. He was know. one of the first guys to get cheered as a heel, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Right, and re- remember, you were talking about that about a week or two ago. Yeah, where that started to change. Oh, you were talking about with your father. Yeah, um, and you know he he's the one to change that. Yeah, because no, everybody yeah, was behind him. No one just, booed Hogan. No, nobody no. booed Hogan. No, no, no. If you get, if you put Hogan, you're getting kicked out of the fucking building. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, so that rivalry sticks out in my mind for like the golden era rivalries, mm-hmm. and like there's some thrown in that are pretty cool, like Jake the Snake and Macho Man. Yeah, that was a cool little rivalry. 
Um, I mean, most of them revolve around Hulk Hogan a lot. Sergeant Slaughter, Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan. Right. I see um, a trend here. Yeah. Because the program building was a lot different back then because yeah. there wasn't that much opportunity for them to be on television. And right. also the whole pay-per-view build up, too. Yeah. And they had to film a lot of stuff all at once. Yeah. For, for episodes further on and, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. Like, now leading into out of, out of that time to the new generation era. Mm-hmm. Right, another rivalry that gets swept in the rug, in my opinion, is Owen Hart against Bret Hart. Yeah, that rivalry had so much storytelling behind it. It was the younger brother, the youngest of the whole fourteen Hart children, against Bret Hart, who's fourteen kids. God. Yeah, God, oh. Helen Hart, you're a saint. Right, they yeah. started walking out after second boy. Like, hey, <laughs> Ma, what's going on? <laughs> it's like that show, Nineteen Kids and Counting. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Nineteen kids, natural birth. She should be dead. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, she should. Yeah, but um, Owen Hart and Bret Hart was a very underrated feud because the storytelling was so great behind it. Because, like I said, you had you had like the runt of the litter and Owen against Bret, who's on top of this pedestal because he's the champion. He's a spokesperson for WWF. He's got the sponsorships. He's got the sunglasses. He got mm-hmm. all this stuff. Owen turns on him at the Royal Rumble in their um, tag team championship match against the Quebecers. In 1994, that just starts everything, right? Now you get the match at WrestleMania. 30-minute opening match, one of the most underrated matches at WrestleMania, probably the best match of the night. That's arguable because you had Michaels and Razor on the ladder match. match. This was 10? Yeah, this was 10. Um, I think Owen and Brett was better because it told more of a story. In the ring action, it was... 10 times I think better because there was no stipulation it was just wrestling right and then Owen beats Brett they have a another great match 94 SummerSlam Steel Cage Blue Cage comes out 32 minutes Mm. like you have two of the guys in the company that can go and they went Mm -hmm. and like not just that but the fact that like Owen threw in the towel when when Brett lost the match to Bob Backlund, Survivor yeah. Series that year, so yeah, like it was yeah. such a long rivalry, and it culminated with them coming back together and joining the Hart Foundation. Yeah, and that made sense. <clears throat> you know, it it's like they they brothers pitted against each other, and eventually they would come together as family once again. You know, it's a story that you know you've seen millions of times, if not in wrestling, in movies and stuff like yeah. that. You know, now they got back together because of Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Now, this rivalry yeah. is a whole nother. Yeah. Th- this is kayfabe now. Because this transcended what you've seen on television. They hated and, each yeah, other. Yeah, they did. They hated And probably each other. still do to this day. They're probably mutual. Yeah. And have some sort of respect, <clears throat> but friends, no. No, 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 no. No, there was a couple times on television where they did the handshake. Oh, everything's all right. And they did the couple hugs on Raw. For television, though. Yeah, for you television. Know, yeah. I legitimately think they hate each other. And I think it's more Brett towards Sean than Sean towards Brett. Brett's a weird guy. He is a Brett's strange Brett's a very dude. weird man. Yeah. Um, he, knows he, made the, he knows he made the mistake, but that was so different because... He just recently like, came out and said that, too. Yeah. Like, for years, he would say, no, 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 no. He was very stubborn about it. But no, he just recently said that, yeah, it was a mistake to go to WCW. Which we all know that because his career ended. His career died. Because of Goldberg, right? Fuck Goldberg. Fuck that guy. I'll say that again. I think I said that last week, too. Oh, uh, Goldberg's on the banned list. Oh, yeah, so... That- Put him on the wall, Tom. <laughs> Put him on the wall. 
You just made the wall. You just made the wall. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Goldberg, Grit, Michael Cole, and New Day are the forbidden <laughs> words to say on Sons of Flip Radio from now on. Yeah. Um, no, but the Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart feud was so di- it was it it was so different because you had a flag bearer and Bret Hart who was carrying the company, mm-hmm. but the birth of Degeneration X and it was leading towards the whole Attitude Era, right? It was like the changing of the guard. It was, and that's where you know things can get complicated and and things um, they'll escalate. Yeah, yeah. Like there were so many times. In New doesn't like old, and vice versa. You know. Yeah, it's we like see oil, that every day. oil and water mixing together. Correct. Yeah, and you can just tell from when they did interviews on TV together. Like like some of those facial reactions were real because Bret Hart really hated him as a person. Because mm-hmm. this is remember this is pre um, finding himself. No, this is after Michael. finding himself. I thought. Oh yeah. Yeah, because he got hurt. Well, he he lost when he went out for the first time. He lost his spotlight. Or whatever it is, I, uh, when he got yeah. beat up at a bar with the, with the when he hurt his eye, yeah, it's because he got beat up at a bar. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. And I then, lost my smile. He lost his smile, and then oh, then and then they cut, and it was the small like ballroom in New York City, and they were cutting picture, they're cutting to uh, pictures or video of the all the women in the crowd crying, all the girls that love Shawn Michaels crying with the Shawn Michaels T-shirts on because he lost his smile. Basically, you fucked up. Mm-hmm. You got into a fight. You dropped the belt. Vince didn't give a shit about you. Right? So you come back with a new demeanor. You come back as D-Generation X. You come back. You insert yourself with Bret Hart and Bret Hart saying, well, this guy came back and he's still the same asshole he was when he, when he left. Right. Because like, he, yeah. don't let him fool you. He's the same fucking guy. Shawn Michaels was a scumbag in the locker room when he was with Marty Jannetty. Mm. And this was 1988, he lived, Talk about living the gimmick, right? Yeah. Like, I read his book, which is really good, um, his autobiography. And he he talks about how... You read? <laughs> I read... Oh, this was like 2012. I audible. Audible. Audible book. <laughs> 2013. But, like, he goes in depth about, like... How when when how he was with Marty Jannetty and he would, um, oh don't talk about Marty Jannetty. This guy wants to fuck his daughter. This, no, this so guy's fucking weird. Yeah, but like he would talk about how like he would, like go out with Marty Jannetty and just leave and get like fucked up and like not even hear, like not even let like Jannetty try to call him and stuff like that. Like mm. he would it would he was in a downward spiral, and the thing that Bret Hart didn't like about him is he thought that that he would like cry and bitch to Vince. And he would get his way, oh. and that was the whole kayfabe thing because he said that before in in, in promos, but he said that in real life too. Mm. So he's doing shoot interviews with him in the ring, wow, which is different. Yeah, so that's how that rivalry began, yeah. and the fact that a couple fake punches, and I'm going to throw two quick real ones in there yeah. too. Yeah, like and now the screw job, mm. the night that everything ended in Toronto. Yeah, Montreal, excuse Montreal, excuse in, me, yeah. the Montreal screw job in, in, in Canada, Canada. Yeah, yeah. Like you have, I mean, we're. Here at Sunset Flip Radio, like we wanted, I mean, I know we talked about doing an episode about uh, tragedy and bad moments in wrestling, and we will yeah. get there. And this is going to be one of them. So maybe this is a little preview for that. But the Montreal screw job completely changed wrestling. It was the birth of Mr. McMahon. It was the <clears throat> it yeah. was the birth yeah, of right. DX with Shawn Michaels as champion. But it was saying goodbye to a character who has been around since 1988, 87. Yeah, Hart Foundation made their big pay-per-view big pay-per-view debut wrestlemania 2 mm-hmm. as part of attack as part of the royal rumble in chicago so this is this is mcmahon saying i gotta do what i gotta do right 
and you're screwing yourself and I'm putting the belt on somebody else in mm-hmm. your hometown. He made a statement that night. Right. That completely changed wrestling. Was this about a contract? Like, I think it like, was. Yeah. I think it was about a contract and the the ref was in on it. Sean was in on it. See that? Man was See, in on it. You'll They're hear a lot of conspiracy theories thing saying that even Brett was in on it too. You know, like I I know you're shaking your head cuz you've heard the same thing I've heard too. Who knows? Is it a work to this day? If so, it's the greatest work. If of it is, all it's time. the greatest work of all time. Of all time. But it yeah. is ridiculous. Absolutely, that was the greatest work of all time. That and who who's the father of May Young's hand? That's another work. Oh god. That one, <laughs> oh my god. That we'll never hear from. No, but Man. that night completely changed wrestling because, like I said, we said goodbye to Bret Hart. But this is when you see the curtain the curtain getting pulled back. Mm-hmm. You see Vince McMahon turning into Mr. McMahon. Right. Ring the goddamn bell. Hart spits in his face. He goes outside. He tears up all the equipment, breaks all the monitors, writes WCW in the air, and leaves. Punches Vince McMahon in the face. Right, because he told him to. Yeah. He was like, all right, you know, I deserve it. I got You get one yeah. shot. One shot. And he took it. Good for him. He took it like a champ. He got, got, the next, got night he comes on, next night he comes on Raw. You can tell it's a black eye because it's makeup covering, and you can mm-hmm. see the black underneath. He's talking to Jim Ross. Brett screwed Brett. Brett, but that rude. that Brett. rivalry is so special because it involves two wrestlers and the boss. Mm-hmm. You don't cross the boss, never. You don't screw Vince McMahon. You can't because mm-hmm. look what happened. Anytime, right. anytime you screw Vince McMahon, you get buried. Yeah, right. Let's just look for example. All these wrestlers with sexual harassment. Velveteen Dream, I think, is going to get fired. Wow. I think they're going to let him go. Wow. The guy from the Forgotten Sons. Let's just take the past six months. The guy from the Forgotten... What's his name? Jackson Ryder or something like that? Jackson Riker. Yeah, yeah he's gone. He's going to be gone. I think... Uh, we'll look at... Right now, Austin Theory. You don't see him. Velveteen Dream. I, 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 you're not going to see him. Wow. You have a couple guys in NXT UK that got fired. Yep. Because of that. Um, any guys that got arrested from... Like, any guys that got arrested in general. Like, Alberto Del Rio. Yeah. He's fucked up. He's mm-hmm. gone. Gone, came right? back, gone again. You don't screw Vince McMahon. And that was a whole rivalry in itself, right? But before Bret Hart got into that rivalry with Shawn Michaels and Vince, you know, he was... Want, so I'm going to backtrack real quick. So you don't screw Vince, but it's okay that Vince can screw you by not really, not really using you and whatever, and then you're just locked into a contract and you can't do shit. From a perspective of other wrestlers who had just recently got released, and every time yeah. anybody gets released, you know, you always hear, and now here comes the stories. Uh, EC3 came out and said whatever. I've I seen what he said, but I, I forget what he said. He's um, on Impact now. He's on Impact. There's a, a lot, lot of, of these impact guys now. on Impact, actually. There's like yep. six of them. Yep. Yep. Heath the Good Slater, Brothers, Eric Slater, Young. Eric Young. Um, EC3. Yep. Uh, I think it was it. Yeah, maybe uh, Tiana Perrazzo, you know, a couple of yeah. them and, w- and women included. Um, you have uh, good for them. A couple of people going to AEW now, you know. Um, There's talks of um, Zack Ryder going to AEW. Correct. He should be debuting in a week or so. Yeah. Not this week, next week or something. Like they made a song for him and everything. Oh, wow. He may debut tonight. You never know. Yeah. I'll watch it tonight. I was watching AEW on Wednesdays. Yeah. Um, but before Bret Hart got into the rivalry with with uh, Shawn Michaels and Vince McMahon because I like to branch out into one big rivalry Mm because Vince McMahon had his hands in the pot the entire time and you know that. Yeah. He had a very 
good rivalry. Probably one of the most underrated again, and probably his best with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm. WrestleMania 13. Yeah. But even the Royal Rumble that year, he was supposed to win. And Who, Brett? No. Yeah, well, that's what you thought. Oh, right. Got it. And Stone Cold threw him out, and Stone Cold won the Royal Rumble. Right. And then Stone Cold doesn't get a shot at the title because he goes to a submission match with Bret Hart, and they have a clinic. Yeah. Phenomenal match. Yep. Like, probably. And if you haven't seen it, you need to go on the network and watch it. But Network plug. Yeah. Yep. Um, that is probably one of the best gimmick matches, in my opinion, because the gimmick was a um, submission match. Yeah. Um, I don't like to put Hell in a Cell. I don't like to put Elimination Chamber into gimmicks. That's something different. Like, this is probably one of the best gimmick matches of all time, in my opinion. Okay. Because of the story that it told. Not even Again. like a Buried Alive. Or that. Yeah, that was a little bit different. So, like, there's a gimmick match, but then there's a gimmick match. That's yeah. what you're saying. <clears throat> yeah, like gimmick, like Inferno, so, Buried Alive. Right. So, uh, we'll, we'll go from that to what about all your TLC matches? So, think of rivalries. You got the Hardy Boys. You got uh, the Dudleys. Uh, all three of them. And, Edge and Christian. Uh, and Edge and Christian, right. Like, they told a great story. For they years. They beat the shit out of each oh, other. Oh, yeah, they I thought people died sometimes watching some of that. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? So we're going to go from one thing to another. Those rivalries just kept going. They were fun. Um, it was like watching uh, Demolition Derby. That's all it was. All the time. That's all it was. Like, each one of them tried to outdo each other. So rivalry, maybe not so much. Not so much storytelling, more action. More action. But I think can be included in this discussion. Absolutely. And I still, in my mind, see Edge at WrestleMania doing the spear off the ladder. I do, too. And this face. And I see the Swanton Bomb right off the ladder. Um, yeah. On. Party. Onto Bubba Ray? Yeah, Bubba Ray. Yep. But, like, the. Oh, man. The, oh, God. Yeah. Those guys put their bodies on the line, yeah. man. Like, a lot of people forget about how good those matches were. And right. how great tag team wrestling was then. Yeah. Because there were so many good tag teams. And now it's just the opposite. Barely have any. On Raw, you do. The thing on Raw is to put two guys together to make a tag team. It's not a real tag team. No, I think that's not just the thing on Raw. I think that the In way general. we're going with things now. Yeah. You know, if you if you're not wearing matching ring gear, you ain't a tag team. To me. No, you're not. You know, you gotta you got That's the only way you get on the same page, like, in like, my opinion. <laughs> like, look at the tag teams from like early wrestling, Demolition, Brainbusters. Powers of Pain, they were billed as tag teams with names. Right. Like, you had the Street Profits, Undisputed Era, The New Day. Heavy Machinery. Heavy Machinery. Like... You said New Day. I did. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you have ND. ND. Sorry. But then the rest are just two guys. I mean, granted. No, I know. Granted, uh, you know, I'm kind of being a hypocrite because Cesaro and Nakamura are champions now with two random two wrestlers. Two guys but. who don't... All right. Yeah. Although it, they have been doing stuff together, it's not as random as it has been in the past because they were doing stuff with Sami Zayn. Then Sami Zayn's gone because of all the COVID stuff, and they've been working together. So yeah. they, they're they're toting that line a little bit, but yeah. I like, uh, I mean, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens had a great rivalry too. In in NXT, in and, WWE, and in the Indies, yeah, that was as a Dean long and Generico, story. and they're, the, they're like the they're like the, the best, best friends, friends. Yeah. yeah. But that's where it works the most. Yeah. Yep. Two guys that love each other are out of the ring. 
beat the shit we'll each be other. Beat the know. crap out of each other yeah. inside the, yeah, <laughs> the ring. If yeah. it works, it works. If it works, it works. And like we touched about Bret Hart and Stone Cold, and now we got Stone Cold and The Rock. Right. Like <laughs> if you talked about it a little bit. I mean, like come on. Like when you think of Attitude Era wrestling, you think of rivalries. The first thing you got to think of is one A one Stone B. Cold, Steve Austin, and The Rock. Man, they produced some great, some of the greatest matches. Yeah. And not just greatest matches, but greatest promos, greatest storytelling, greatest buildup. And like when Stone Cold got thrown into the river, he's like, "Drown you, son of a bitch!" Yeah. And he hit him in the head with the title belt. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, oh. and it was dark, and all you seen was the bridge. Oh man, that was good. And he was like, "Ugh, yeah." Oh, psh, splash. You know what I mean? And like, it it's just not. It's not the same. It's just anymore. not the same, man. Yeah. It's the era that we're in. You That's know, right. it's just it's product of the times. It's so hard to let go, though. Yeah, it really is. You love it, you know, and you love it. And thank God for the network because you can relive it all. the time. Yeah. You know? I mean, some of the greatest rivalries are definitely during that time. And like the Undertaker and Kane, that's another great. rivalry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like when you think of rivalries, you think of when you think of Taker, you well, think, think of how Kane. it started. You know, yeah. it was a long lost brother that was yeah. burned in a fire. Right. Yeah. When yeah. he rips the door off a hinge. Yep. The rest is history. And they they joined together. They win tag Brothers team gold. Discre- Bro- uh, destruction. I can't yeah. even say it. <laughs> Fucking tired. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've had a long week, yeah. man. It's, I hear you. On yeah. That. And Sundays were. Uh, we we'll, The thing is, we don't record on Sundays that much anymore. We started hard on Sundays. Now it's like Wednesdays. Well, it's just because of work. Yeah, it's just because of work. Getting my job. And yeah. Stuff, so. Um. But a lot of rivalries. There were also a lot of we, great. Well, we. Um. I got another one for you. You got to think about um, between all the guys in Evolution. Oh, God. Oh, man. And Orton. that felt like it went for on forever, but yeah. it told its story. Then or- you had The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels. Yeah. yeah. And Triple H, you can insert them into that. That's a four-year rivalry. Yep. That's a four-year, the best storytelling ever. You had Shawn Michaels trying to, you know, basically avenge his career. Mm-hmm. And you had the dead man take him out. You had Triple H pick up the pieces. You had a dead man take him out. Right. And then they all together as an end of an era. I mean. Yeah. And that's what it was billed as. The end of an era. That's yeah. what Michael Cole said at the top of the ramp. Like when we talked about um, Tales from the Funeral Parlor. Pr- pr- whoa. Wow. <laughs> wow. Go ahead. Say that. Tales again. from the Funeral Parlor. Retrospective of the, under- of the Dead Man episode about The Undertaker. We touched base about that. How you don't see four year story pro- uh, storytelling anymore in, in WWE. No. And not in any kind of wrestling program. Because when you had the caliber and you had the, the skill and talent of those three wrestlers. They deserve a four year program. Hands yeah. down. Hands down, you need that. And that was the perfect way to build it up. You, will you see that between Edge and Norton now? Absolutely not. Nope. You cannot do that. Um, it was the right place, the right time. Whoever made the right call, smart person. Was it Vince? Probably. Mm. I think it was Taker, too, though. Because he knew, he knew what he wanted to do. It was Sean. Sean picked the way that he wanted to go out. And he got pinned by the best guy to pin him. Yeah, I don't, I don't it personally was, they were think together. there's been any other, like, let's say, retirement match that has ever been so well booked. No. And well done before. I mean, the Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels match. Well, yeah, all right. So, yeah. That was more emotional than anything because mm-hmm. you knew it was coming. The guy yeah. got back to the Hall of Fame the night before. Yeah. Right? He's crying there. He's crying his way to the ring. You know what's going to happen. He's been crying for 40 years. <laughs> He's been crying for 40 years. <laughs> you know, um, you, knew that was, you knew that was happening. But, um, yeah, I mean, those guys had, right. had the, phenomenal I, rivalries. The, the mouthing, I love you, and then yeah. bam, the super. I kick, love you. One, two, I'm three. sorry. I'm sorry. Like, yep. just look at just look at Ric Flair rivalries, man. Dusty Rhodes. Oh, 
Ugh, you talk about two like those, those guys fucking killed each other for outs, years across the country. Sold out shows across the country, steel cage matches, uh, strap matches. How many gallons of blood do you think the two of them have lost together it, collectively? It's ridiculous. Oh man. my god. Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes' head were so. I mean, to this day, you well, because they were had that bleach blonde hair, so yeah. it was just like looked like a strawberry shortcake. Yeah, they bled all the time, and Ric Flair still has the scars to do it. And when mm. Dusty was alive, he had them, but. Like that was so yeah, he different. Had a nasty one, right on his forehead. Yeah, yeah, that was so different because Ric Flair came out as being this, you know, this pompous, arrogant champion. The fancy clothes and the fancy cars, and you the had a guy riding, jet flying. Yeah, you had the complete dealing, wheeling, dealing, son, son of a gun. You had the complete opposite guy in Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, the son of, son a, of a plumber. plumber. <laughs> We're hard do times. Hard. <laughs> through some hard times, hard times. Daddy. Yeah, daddy. Um, but like. Those two guys made each other's career, in yeah. my opinion. Um, they needed each other to they get did. to the levels that they actually did. They fed off of each other so you well. Can tell they enjoyed working together. Oh, that's they a, did. You know, that's and they're best of friends. Too. Yeah. Um, you know, Ric Flair had some other great rivalries, but Ricky Steamboat, he had with Harley Race, um, mm, King Harley, King Race, Harley yeah. Race, and then more and more into WCW with Hulk Hogan and you know the whole Four and Horsemen Sting. and Sting and. All the like Ric Flair is a great guy to hold a rivalry because mm-hmm. he can do it on the promo work so well too. Right. And in the ring. Like many a lot of people don't realize that Ric Flair was actually a really good wrestler. Like back in the eighties and you know seventies. Seventies, yeah. late seventies, all the eighties, the nineties even. Like when when Nitro was kinda coming to an end, like I was watching That's when he had like that shaved head. With yeah, a he had, bit of that he had mop on top. Yeah, yeah. Like I was watching. I did this on purpose. I was watching like the last three pay per views by WCW that they, that they ever made. So something in January, it was, February, and March. Yeah, it was right? called like one of them was called Sin. The other one was called, I think it was Slambury and something else. But like Slambury, yeah, okay. Yeah, it was so bad. Like it was so bad. And, like, Ric Flair's role, he wasn't even wrestling. He was at the commissioner, and, like, he had like, his, his own little group. Oh. But, like, in his group, it was Kind of like a borderline corporation. Yeah, it was Rick Steiner, Hawk oh, from, you from do, Legion you of Doom. Oh, you to do Steiner math today? Yeah. <laughs> it was just a bunch of random dudes. 65%. <laughs> and it was Ric Flair. Like, it was just totally random. Right. And Lex Luger was part of it, and Buff Bagwell was part of it. It was just a bunch of random guys. It made no sense. And Buff that basically, Bagwell, who's like a gigolo now. Yeah, and that's Weird. what basically what WCW was at the last two years of their existence was. It just made no sense. I thought that was through their entirety, but you know that's just me. I never watched WCW. I was not a I WCW did. guy. My cousin Anthony, hardcore WCW guy. Me, I didn't want to hear nothing about. Nope, couldn't give a shit. Was not my cup of tea. Really? I swear to God. I was WWE all the way, WWF all the Dude, way. early Jericho and WCW was ridiculous. I seen I seen a lot of his old, you know, again, I can go look at it, but I seen a lot of Jericho's stuff. Eddie um, Guerrero, Rey Mysterio. Like, well, the crew, like, the, so the cruiserweights. Best division in WCW, hands down. Yes, yes. You you want to see good wrestling? You watch you watch Dean Malenko wrestle Eddie Guerrero for twenty five minutes. <laughs> Man of a thousand. Man of a thousand and one <laughs> holds. You watch Chris Jericho and Armbar. Dan- <laughs> Side armbar. You watch yeah. You watch those guys go. They go, go. Yeah. And it's not just men. Armbar. <laughs> Body slam. It's not just men that have great rivalries. Women too. Like women 
Like, let's just think of Becky and Charlotte. Uh, yeah. Um, Sasha, Sasha and Charlotte. And Charlotte. Sasha and Bailey from mm-hmm. NXT. Like, it's funny how it's about these four women because it kind of deserves to be because these four women changed the women's wrestling. Yeah. yeah. These four women completely changed uh, professional wrestling for women. But Agreed. when Becky Lynch turned... When we were at SummerSlam, that completely just changed everything. Yeah. That's exactly what they needed. You felt like <clears throat> this weird like electricity in the building. Like, yeah. In a good way. It was it was hard to capture, but you know it was there. Yeah. yeah. Very unexpected. Oh yeah. Um Well, no, actually You knew it was gonna happen. You could feel it. Being there as we were, all the way up top in, uh-huh. in the bar. Third row from the top. Right. That Being was crazy. there, you could feel that. Do you remember like no one was sitting near us? Yeah, it was great. There was like I remember there was the guy in front of us, but he moved down one. Yep. And there was someone behind us, but there was they were like behind you to the right. And there yeah. was no one behind me and like the whole left side. Because remember when we got to get a beer, I walked down, there was like literally nobody there. Yeah. Which was cool. I mean, they didn't sell it out, which is kinda kinda bad. Yeah. But that was a cool that was that's a great venue to see. Mm. But um no, but like Becky and Charlotte, it was a real personal, physical thing. Yeah. Like in the the build up to WrestleMania and all that stuff, um, you throw in Ronda well, Rousey had, in there. Well, I mean, to to backtrack a little bit, you had uh, Trish and Lita. Oh, there you, you know, go. You can't you can't you know forget the founding. I don't want to say fathers, but founding mothers. <laughs> founding mothers of professional wrestling. I right. mean, they like they both had matches. Like yeah, like when they headlined Raw as the main event. That, yeah, that, that completely like, changed too. But yep. like besides that, besides Trish and Lita, like. Women's wrestling took a huge downfall when um, Trish left. Yeah, yeah. People like Maurice. It was left like floundering for yeah. a while. Well, this like, was the Divas era, yeah. technically. I mean, Beth Phoenix was good. Beth Phoenix was Mickey in James. And those two. Oh, man. Oh, God, Mickey James. <laughs> uh, Mickey James was, and, and Beth Phoenix were, what, what's the phrase? They were ahead of their time. They were because they fit in so well now. Did you see Beth Phoenix working out in her uh, picture the other? She looks like a brick shit house. She got She's huge. She got destroyed, um, at the Royal Rumble match. Remember, she was bleeding. Yeah. Yep. That yeah, was. Yeah, because she looked like she was concussed. Yeah, it was like a Ric Flair job. The whole back of her head was bright red. Yeah. She cut her head in the ring post, or there was something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, like women's wrestling then there were there weren't really many rivalries besides Trish and Lita, and then like not Sable and Jacqueline. Oh god, I watched that too. Oh, that was god. the fully loaded pay per view. Fully loaded. Fully loaded pay per view. Um, when she the when she took the the swimsuit and she had her hands on her breasts. Oh, with this, the yeah handprints. Yeah, I remember. Um, oh, god, that was that long ago, huh? Yeah. Shit. But like when we like ten. Yeah. <laughs> when we dive into rivalries and you look at what's going on right now, um, the rivalries that are going on that we're going to see in the future, I think we're going to see a Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre program. That's going to be good. With the work that Randy's doing, this is which the best is at work. an all-time high, yeah. we could see this turn into one of the best rivalries um, really ever. Yeah. Um, with the work that the two of them, they look like giants. They're like, Colossal people. They're huge. Drew McIntyre's a big fucking dude. He's big. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, 
Like, uh, like when it was him and Lashley in the ring, too. Mm-hmm. Like, Lashley's just... Oh, God. I mean, he's got a good look for a heavyweight champion. He does. And that's what you want. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the Fiend-Strowman rivalry was a lot of... A lot of psychology. It's a lot of storytelling, mm. and it's they're kind of converting Braun Strowman into that part of his character that he never had before, which is telling a story. Oh, okay, right, right. Yeah, right. he right. never really did that. He never really did it. Did the writers or whatever never no. really help him out? Like, look or, at Bray I mean, Wyatt's rivalry when he first started. Bray Wyatt's first match in WWE was an Inferno match with Kane at SummerSlam. Wow. And then he had programs with John Cena, The Undertaker, Daniel Bryan, Randy Orton, Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins Roman, Roman Reigns, Reigns yep. even Dean Ambrose, the whole Shield. Yeah, all the Shield. Right? right. And then, like, th- those were great because if you have a character as good as Bray Wyatt that can put a rivalry on with anybody, that really tells you something. Yeah. Like, he is kind of pushing Braun Strowman towards that, being that kind of character. And kudos to him. I mean, you know, he, he he's turned chicken shit into chicken, chicken salad, salad yeah. for so long, and it took him so long to get recognized in that sense. Mm-hmm. But the guy's been here the whole fucking time. Yeah. You know? And that's persistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's being persistent. And yeah. that's just keeping up. Like, that goes, you know, that goes a long way. You can look at it from... Like a um, a real world perspective, and be like, all right, you know, that's what I aspire to do. Just keep pushing, just keep pushing. And I tell myself that every day. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. Now, like, it's funny because we haven't talked about John Cena. Mm. Um, John Cena had more um, word life. Yeah, word life. He had more like grudges. Than rivalries, right, right. So there, there's that classification. What's a rivalry? What's a grudge? What's you know whatever? Oh man, look at it. it's about to pour. Yeah, dude. it's pretty windy right Holy now. Holy shit! Like John Cena had a good rivalry with AJ Styles. Yeah, he had a good rivalry with Kevin Owens. Hmm. Like early John Cena. That was a Royal Rumble match those two had, right? Who? Uh, Cena and Styles. Yes. Yeah. When Cena became a 16-time champion. Mm-hmm. Um, that was on TV the other day. 2016. 16. Yeah, it was on yesterday. Yeah. Like, John Cena was, again, more into rivalries. But, like, he he wrestled with all different kinds of guys. Mm. Like, top guys, mid-card guys. Because he, he started off as a low guy and made his way up to the top. Yeah. Simple as that. He was, mm-hmm. the, he was in those shoes. So, like, when he had programs with Shawn Michaels and Triple H, JBL, like, Edge. Well, the JBL show, one, I think, really. Umaga. Put, yeah, like, the JBL all these guys. one, I think, was uh, one of his better ones. Yeah, when he first became champion at WrestleMania yeah. 21. Yep. Like, again, this is. And he feuded with The Rock, too. This is too, 15. You know? <laughs> here we go. Rock and Cena. This is a two-year buildup. Mm-hmm. Right? And they each got one win. Right. Like, the first match was so much better than the second match. Mm. The second match got off the rails when they were just doing each other's finishers. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yep. Anytime you watch a professional wrestling match and they each start doing people's finishers, it's just off the rails because they're running out of shit to do. Well, that happened with Edge Norton. Yeah, the greatest wrestling match ever. It was great because, hey, throwback, I'm throwing a rock bottom. You know, I'm throwing an angle slam, whatever that was, Olympic slam. Yeah. Like. Just everything. It's just everything going on. Right. And like rivalries, 
Like rivalries are something that kind of changed wrestling because it told a story so much again. I got people hooked in, right? It made you care about what was coming next. Yeah, and it, it's something that's very underappreciated in today's product yeah. because there's not a lot. What did we name one really good one this year? Yeah, um, on the main roster. Yeah, you know, more in NXT. You know, there's. I feel like there's been more in NXT. Yeah, um, there has lately. been. And I think that's the thing that NXT does that's different is yeah. that they do a better jo- because here's the thing with NXT, the talent pool that you choose from is smaller, right? You yeah, have uh, Dijakovic and Lee. Yeah, no, it's Dijakovic against Kramer and Cross tonight. tonight. That's right. I think this is Dijakovic's um, like farewell match. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair. He's gonna lose. Obviously, it's his farewell match. But like the talent pool that's in NXT is so much smaller and I think they have more opportunity to have rivalries. Right. Right. So what's next for them? Well, it's a very old school way of booking and doing wrestling in, in general. I mean, it's yeah. back to its roots and what yeah. it should be. And who's it ran by? Triple H. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Triple H uh, and Shawn Michaels. And Shawn Michaels. So what's, what's next for wrestling and rivalries? I don't know, but what's next for us? You'll well, find I don't know <laughs> that either. <Right. laughs> What's next for us here at Sunset Foot Radio? We'll uh, we'll let you know in the next couple of days. So as always, thank yeah. you for listening to this episode about uh, what we think are the greatest rivalries and why we think about them. We also talked about our Extreme Rules preview. Uh, check us on Instagram and Facebook as always. And, and don't um, forget to like and comment and leave us a five star rating on Apple Podcast. Yes, and on Podbean, please. Yes, we yeah. appreciate the we, feedback. We, we really let us know what you want that. us to talk about. Yeah, we missed some feuds. But guess what? There's more podcasts to be done. Yeah. I think that... Every episode could have a second and fourth I think what around. we're going to do is... I think we're going to try to put us out there where you, the listener, you pick the topic. Yeah. Let us know. We'll have a poll. Anybody but our wives. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we'll do. We're going to come up with some topics and we're going to have you, the listener, vote on a poll on Facebook. <laughs> vote on a poll match? <laughs> Right, <laughs> we're gonna do the Vince Russo era of uh, podcasting. Oh God, bro! Nah, nah, you the listener on episode sixteen because we've done fifteen of these. This is number fifteen. Episode sixteen will be for you, the listener. Where you are gonna pick the episode. We'll come up with a poll. Check it out this week. Always follow us, and that's it. Yep. Right. That's it. We're fucking tired. Man. I know, dude. We're looking at each other. We're <laughs> fading. Each other like, oh, we're fading a little bit, but you know, you know, we we always go with the show. We do it. We do it because yeah. we we love what we talk about. We love what we, we talk we about. We look forward to this. Even though I fell so. asleep at Extreme Rules at like nine o'clock. No, I <laughs> did too. I told you I did. I had to go rewatch it, but ain't nothing yeah. wrong with that. All right. So enjoy the rest of your week, everybody. We're gonna watch NXT and AEW, and take care, y'all. Yeah.